Welcome to Ruling Sports, a podcast giving you a playbook for life. I'm your host, Alicia Jessup. Join me as I interview athletes, leaders, and innovators to uncover their game plans for success and give you insights to rule your life. Let the play clock begin. When I think about today's guest, I am reminded of Theodore Roosevelt's The Man in the Arena, which goes in part, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Today's guest is Rashad Jennings, someone who literally and figuratively has been in the arena. Rashad is an eight-year NFL veteran who competed for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Oakland Raiders, and New York Giants. While he had a lengthy and successful NFL career, that is perhaps not the most impressive thing about him. See, Rashad is someone who loves learning and challenging himself. He is someone who is willing to strive valiantly and enter the arena and all that comes along with it. That willingness has allowed him to travel an incredible journey. Since the conclusion of his NFL career, he appeared in and won Dancing with the Stars and has written books, the first of which became a New York Times bestseller. In this episode, we explore how Rashad has found success in multiple aspects of life and how he continues challenging himself to do so in new arenas. Rashad talks to us about one of the central aspects to his ability to accomplish great things, preparation. And his level of preparation isn't just a basic level. It is preparation at all costs and no matter what the outcome. We will hear how despite receiving no playing time as a high school football player, Rashad stayed prepared, allowing him later to surprise his critics and make the NFL. Rashad has great advice for how to stay positive and motivated when opportunities you seek and believe you deserve are not being delivered. He talks about the importance of believing in yourself the most and how to find joy in seasons that are not fruitful. Through this, Rashad talks about the criticalness of falling in love with the process of whatever you are doing rather than being guided first by the outcome. He tells us how this mindset helped him to not only appear on Dancing with the Stars, but win the whole competition. Rashad is a man of faith, and he discusses the role prayer has played in his life. He speaks to finding motivation and proving critics wrong and the need to be a strong self-advocate. Rashad is truly more than an athlete. My hope is that this conversation inspires you to believe that anything is possible for your life and to get to work pursuing what captivates you. So with no further ado, here is my conversation with Rashad Jennings. Rashad, welcome to the Ruling Sports Podcast. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on here. What piece of advice, quote, or mindset has guided your life? Where to even start? I'd say my relationship with God, first and foremost, is is my compass, it's my GPS, it's what gets me back on track. Uh, I would also say when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare for it. 
is something that I strongly keep strapped to my chest. But there is one quote, it's written in such a way that I don't live by it, but the way it's written, I feel I want to live my life in such a way that if somebody were shadowing my life, it would inspire them to write these words. And it's the master in art of living shows little distinction between his work and his play, mm. his his labor and his leisure, his love and his religion. He just simply pursues everything he does with excellence, leaving others to decide, is he working or is he playing? But to him, he's always doing both. That's amazing. And you have that memorized. That's an in-depth, lengthy quote. And so it signals that it is a key to your life. So some really good things there. Um, preparation, which I feel like is going to be a theme of this conversation. But so often we give up so much play and fun because we're so focused on work. And so it's nice to hear that you are able to incorporate both of them into your daily life. How did you get into football? I got into football organically. My brothers play when I was younger. I'm ten, they're 10 and 14 years older than me. I was the whoops. Here we go again, baby. Definitely. <laughs> so my older brothers played and I wanted to be like them. thought they were amazing. And I didn't have to look too far from the house to find male role models. And I think it's important for boys to have men role models. I really do. What positions did they play? One play tight end. And uh, his name was Brian Jennings. He was Parade All-American. He was the best athlete of us all in high school. And then my older brother, Butch Jennings, he played fullback. And they both played in the league. Very short cup of tea. And then I got two little nephews right now that are playing. One came out. He was like the top. He was probably the top 10 defensive end in the nation. He's at UNC right now. So we'll see what he develops and do. What's your nephew's name? His name was Bright is Bryson Jennings. We'll have to keep up with him and his career. Your high school football career traveled a bit of a difficult path. And I think this is where that preparation quote first in this interview, at least comes into play. You were the fifth string running back at Jefferson Forest High School in Virginia and didn't play a single down until the other four running backs went down with injuries. How did you stay positive and motivated while waiting for your chance to play? I don't think it was an intention to stay positive and stay motivated. So I have to look hindsight, right? I even asked myself, what was I doing? I think I just was having fun. Like I knew I was a fifth string running back and I knew I wasn't going to play, but I also knew I had front row tickets to see every Friday night game on the sideline. And so I think for me, it was my work was to just get to the sideline to watch the game. And that was enough for me at the time with the anticipation and hope that I might play that that was just enough joy of grabbing a lotto ticket and wondering if I'm going to hit the jackpot. And so I think the anticipation of the hope of, of what it could, and it, it still allowed me to dream and it allowed me to be close enough that I wasn't in the stands having zero opportunity, but I was on the sideline. And so I think that those things kept me motivated. I prepared every single week like I was a starter. That's the one thing that a lot of people didn't know. I knew the playbook inside and out, but I stay hopeful just because I, hey, it's football. It wasn't even too deep. I was just having fun. How awesome was this high school football team? If you are someone who went on to play eight seasons in the NFL and you were the 
fifth string running back. Crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we did have a lot of good players in the region. We had like 15, 16 guys go play D1. Wow. I think there was like 12 on that particular team, and we didn't even make it playoffs. Coaches was terrible. He was just dog trash. I'm going to just, really? that's the truth. Shout um, out if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, he knows how I feel about him too. It's funny, like I don't like him at all, but I, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not disrespectful to him in any way. I told him he's dog trash at coaching. <laughs> not as a person, he's a great person, yeah. you know, but coaching, he doesn't know what he's doing. But um, he's asked me before to come back and uh, speak to the team and motivate <laughs> the kids and I'm I'm like, coach, if you bring me back, I'm going to tell him the truth. <laughs> so and, he's still uh, there. He's he, still the coach. And nah, he eventually left. This is while I was playing in the league. So this was about like 10 years ago at this point when I first got drafted. And he, he brought me in to the team. And one of the things I told the team is you got to believe in yourself. I said, sometimes coaches don't know what they're doing. I said, I sat under this coach and I was fifth string running back. So anybody that's on the second, third string, fourth string, I was fifth. And look where I'm at today. So don't listen to anything this coach has to say. Let's talk about that a little bit. You previously discussed that it was about the experience. You had a front row seat to football and you got to be around people and see it and prepare for the opportunity. But in that moment when you were fifth string, did you know that you really should have been further up? 100%. I realistically think I should have been second and rotating. We did have a really good running back at the time. His name was Quincy Freeman. I take nothing away from him. I think he was outstanding running back. But, you know, it wasn't anything that I, in high school, that I never would play <laughs> and much less be fifth. So I know I should have been higher on the depth chart. How, how do you stay motivated when you know essentially that you're being wronged and someone evaluating you correctly? I was letting all my frustration out in practice. It was more so of a, I would look back and say it was a macho thing where my motivation was just whooping everybody's tail Monday through Thursday and then watching them get their tail beat out on the field Friday. <laughs> and then show up Monday. Like I was, uh, I was annoying. I was very um, arrogant practice player where the guys are trying to get ready for Friday and I'm prepared. I, I was spatted up on Monday. I looked apart. I played part. My games was Monday through Thursday and I whooped everybody's tail without any apology apologies at all. So that my satisfaction was outperforming them in practice and then watch them go out there and lose and knowing that they needed me. So you talked earlier about your faith, but where did this motivation come from? Was there something in your brain telling you, keep going, keep going, you need to do this? Where was it coming from? My sophomore year, I didn't play. I played football all through Pee Wee, middle school. My 10th grade year, I just did not play high school football at all. About to quit and say- Because you weren't put in or was there an injury? Why why didn't you play? I wasn't put in. I never played. Wow. I was just on the sideline the whole time. So then the next year, I found joy in just being on the sideline. Like I accepted it. That's why I wrote my first book that became a New York Times bestseller, The If and Life, and it's about and, and the subtitles, How to Get Off the Sideline. I've clearly never been an NFL player, but I've had moments in my life where in my head something should have been happening and it wasn't happening. And I was depressed and upset and angry. And like you, once I accepted the season that I was in, once that moment of acceptance came and I leaned into joy and being present 
and happy. That's when the change that I was looking for came. It's amazing how sometimes it takes just being grateful, saying, all right, this is right now. How do I make the most of this time right now, even though it's not what I want, Mm -hmm. even though it's not the picture I have for my life in my head, let's go. And it's so amazing that oftentimes that precipitates the big moment you've been waiting for. Is there anything your 37-year-old self would tell your 16-year-old self? You know, it's, it's tough because whatever I tell him he's still gonna meet me today. So I would just simply try to allow, I would I would encourage him to find joy in the process. Learn to fall in love with the process more than the outcome. And you'll probably supersede your original goal. That stands true for me. I really have fell in love with the process of majority of things that have become successful at football. It wasn't the outcome of playing in the NFL. I legitimately fell in love with waking up, training, mm. eating, sleeping, leadership, being physical. That's what I I actually fell in love with that. And I popped up and I looked, I'm in the NFL hmm. dancing with the stars. I, it wasn't, I didn't go on that show thinking about winning at all. Really? Legitimately. That is a funny story. How that even happened. I didn't even, I've never even seen this show. I don't even know what I was getting myself into. I look quick story. Every single off season, I pick up a new art, a new craft. I'm an auditor deck. I'm addicted to learning. So the one off season, I pick up magic tricks. One season, I picked up a guitar, another season, Olympic style fencing, another season, poetry, another, every season, I pick up something new. This last off season, while I was in a League. I was at my buddy Shindig and there's some, you know, foods and hors d'oeuvres and everybody's having a good time. And there was a TV popped on a commercial, some dancing going on. I've never seen anything like it. I was like, yo, that's nice. Um, I said, what are they doing? And one of my friends happened to know. She said, they're doing a cha-cha. The heck is a cha-cha? She said, it's ballroom dancing. The heck is ballroom dancing? I said, you know what? I want to learn how to do that. Very true story as well. It's very serendipitous too. I I went to a local ballroom studio down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I would train from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Have the rest of the day to myself. Found a local ballroom studio. I walk in with a tank top on, sweaty. Like, I don't even know the culture at all. Mm -hmm. And there were people just, just daintily, as soon as I opened the door, Ding. And uh, it was a sweet lady. And she said, can I help you? And I didn't even know the lingo. I said, I'm looking for the cha-cha. And she said, sir, are you interested in learning how to do the cha-cha? And I said, yes, ma'am. She pulled me aside and said, we don't have any availability until two weeks from today. I said, cool, no problem. I'll be back in a week. I mean, excuse me. I'll be back in two weeks. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. A week from that day. Didn't even make it to two weeks. A week from that day, dance with the stars call. No way. I went out there and the very first dance I learned was the cha-cha. No way. So to me, I was thinking, I'm just going to go learn how to dance real quick. This little cha-cha and, you know, be on my way. And week after week after week after week after week, I kept staying on the show. It was like five people left. I said, yeah, we might mess around and win this thing. And all I did for eight hours, I put on, we we rehearsed, Emma and I rehearsed 100 more hours than any other contestant on the show. Mm-hmm. And I contribute again, fall in love with the process more than the outcome. You probably supersede your original goal. There were some people that went on the show saying and wanting to win. I went on the show wanting to learn how mm-hmm. to dance. That's incredible. Did you ever go back to that studio in Fort Lauderdale? She tripped out. So she called me at week two in the show and said, because I never showed up the next week I was on the show. She called and I saw the number and I was like, oh yeah, I never went to that place. Let me call her and cancel. I went, hello. She said, you gotta be kidding me. You're on TV. You're on Dancing (laughs) with the Stars. You coming in here in the studio? I was like, yeah, I don't really know how that happened, but yes, ma'am. I decided to go learn on Dance with the Stars instead. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the show. Please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Ruling Sports on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. 
it goes a long way to growing the show. Thank you for your support. Do you believe in coincidence? They happen. Do you think this was all a coincidence that you see dancing, you seek out an instructor, they don't have a space, and then you get a call from Dancing with the Stars? No, I personally don't, based upon my life stories, my prayers, and the consistency of these things constantly showing up. Uh, I always ask God to do things in my life in which I can't even take credit for it. And I kid you not, there are so many stories that just doesn't make too much sense of how they just keep aligning up. Sometimes I look at my life as is not mine. And that's one of the things that kind of keeps me inspired too. I'm enjoying being on this ride. I find my name beside men and women I should. I went to the NFL never thinking about wearing a Hall of Fame jacket. It wasn't a goal. I didn't think I was good enough. I was right. But that wasn't the point of going to the NFL either. Going dancing with the stars. And I look at all the contestants that's ever been on. That's in the NFL. Just been on. Emmitt Smith, Hall of Famer. Jerry Rice, Hall of Famer. I mean, first of all, those two are the best at their position ever. Hans Ward, Hall of Famer. Megatron, the freak of the NFL. You throw in Von Miller, who will be a Hall of Famer very easily. Antonio Brown, he will be, barring the the incidents and the chaos, but his skill set is just unreal. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving out guys. There's a laundry list of guys that's been on it. Uh, Dancing with the Stars that are Hall of Famers. And then all of a sudden, Rashad Jennings. You have a good agent. (laughs) And you know what? It's crazy about that. Didn't even have an agent because I I said I wanted to do it on my own. I didn't have an NFL agent when I did my last contract because I said I wanted to do it on my own. Like everything that keeps constantly happening to me, it doesn't make sense by world standards. But I'm thankful. I'm very humble. And and I'm honestly just saying the beginning. I plan. Watch when I I promise you, let's redo an interview in three years. And I'm going to tell you some amazing stuff that's happened and it shouldn't. I I believe it. And I I asked that question purposefully because I don't really believe in coincidence. Um, I'm a person of faith too. And I know not everyone listening is a person of faith. So that's a personal journey for yourself. But sometimes things are just too big to be random. And sometimes I think whether you're praying or you're setting an intention that something's going to happen, there are doors and pathways that open. It just doesn't make sense. And and that's one thing I love about your story, because I see that with football first, I see it with dancing with the stars second. And as you mentioned earlier, with your first book, you became a New York Times bestseller. So talk to us about the book and the process of writing it. Even that doesn't make sense. Uh, um, I grew up very, I struggled academically. I had a 0.6 GPA. I'm going to give you a story just to give a, a visual on why I had a 0.6. Now, I, sometimes I would do my homework and just would not turn it in. Shouldn't have done it. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, I legitimately had it in my hand and didn't turn it in. I get it if you forget it. I had to show up with my homework. I'm like, you know what? I ain't turning this in today. Were you afraid that it was wrong? I, I was so annoyed with school. I was like, I don't need school. I'm smarter than school. And I'm still going to argue that in a lot of ways I am. It wasn't because I was a bad student. It wasn't because I was a troublemaker, but I asked too many questions. Mm. So I would get on adults' nerves. That's why y'all was upset at me, because I was asking better questions than y'all could teach. An example, I was doing a English paper. We, we had to do an essay and write about our hero. And I was like, okay, this seems like fun assignment. So... Um, I decided to write about Dr. Martin Luther King. It was my hero. I couldn't find anybody to say exactly what I was thinking in my heart and my mind. So after probably only like 15, 20 minutes of researching, I decided to quote myself because that way I could say, 
exactly what I was thinking. So I quoted myself. And at the end of the paper, I, I put the source was Rashad Jennings Ma. Get it back. Get a big fat F. Oh, man, that was creative, though. It's creative. Not many red marks, but an F. And I asked I asked my teacher, so why did I get an F? And she said, well, Rashad, you quoted yourself. And I said, yes, ma'am. But is what I said true? She said, yes. I said, is what I wrote relevant to the paper? She said, yes. I said, so Miss Hudson, why did I get an F? She said, because you're not a credible source. And I, I was uh, confused, you know, not mad or anything, just a kid. I'm confused. I'm like, my credible So I have to go do something oddly amazing in this world 20 years from now, just to be able to come back and say the same thing. Because if it's true now, wouldn't it be true tomorrow? And she looked at me, Rashad. She said, Rashad, go to your next class. He gave me my paper. So fast forward, you know, I'm in the league and I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of community work. Every Tuesday, I dedicated at least two hours in the community doing something. And there was this teacher that asked me to come by because they were doing a research paper on professional athletes. And so I'm in the class, I'm talking to them. As I'm answering their questions, they will write down some of the things I would say, and they will put it in their paper. And I asked that teacher, I said, every single student that quoted me and got an A, I want a copy. I took those copies back to my high school, found a teacher, slapped those papers on the desk and said, check this out. <laughs> what did she say? I'm a credible source now. <laughs> and I'm saying the same things that I said then. I think teachers sometimes don't realize the power that they hold over driving someone's future. You're unique in that through our brief conversation together, it seems like you have a lot of positive self-talk and a lot of belief in yourself. Not every kid or even adult is like that, where if the same teacher met a different child and had this interaction, that child very well could have remained an F student for the rest of their academic career and not pursued any dreams or creative opportunities and challenges because they become so fearful to fail. I'm a college professor. What I love being about a professor is I've heard stories like that. And I don't want any student who ever walks through my classroom to say, you know what? Once upon a time, Alicia Jessup didn't believe in me. Teachers hold so much power that I feel like they just don't even recognize. And it's the antithesis to what education is supposed to be. Education is supposed to foster the growth of seeds of change and ingenuity and pursuit of creativity. So I give you a lot of credit, Rashad, for just having that innate sense of belief. Then also, you know, giving people the receipts when the receipts come due. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a person that to a fault would prove people wrong. If I believe I can do something, you tell me I can't. It'd be different. You tell me I can't fly. Well, I don't believe that anyway, so I don't care. But if if you tell me I can't do something, I really believe I can. I go to a fault just to prove. It's one of the reasons why I made it to the NFL, just to prove my dad. That I has that ever it. gotten you into trouble? Sure, probably has. Yes, it's definitely got me in trouble along the way um, where I'm going to prove a point because I'm approving my point to authorities that have just actually more ego and pride than me. Mm -hmm. So it would get me in trouble. For example, I, in school, I wanted to get an opportunity to have a fresh start at my school because I could tell I was a, I've garnished a reputation fair enough as a class clown. And, you know, again, never was a troublemaker, but just anytime my hand goes up and asks a question, kids like, oh, watch what he asked. It was already ha ha and kiki's because I'm asked no matter if I was serious or not. 
So that was just my reputation. I wanted a fresh start because the teachers wouldn't take me serious. And this was around close to my junior year. And that's why one of the reasons why I transferred and I repeated and ended up getting A's and B's and all kind of good stuff and went to college and became a new freshman writer of the year and all kind of stuff. But at that particular time in high school, I'd asked the teachers to give me a fresh start. And I wanted a meeting with all the teachers. Nobody would have, I wanted them all together. And you were organizing this, not your parents. You as the high schooler were organizing. Yeah, just me because I I got tired of somebody saying I'm doing this and somebody saying I'm doing this and this way. I'm hearing all this talk about me. So I was like, you know what? Let's put everybody in the same room. Let's iron (laughs) this out and let's keep this thing moving because I'm tired of school. I want to get through it. I have to get through it. My parents won't let me get out. So nobody would meet. And so one one teacher said, well, tell the principal to make the meeting. Next teacher. Well, did that teacher say that she would go? The next teacher. Well, tell this person if they go. So I went to the principal's office. I stole some pink slips and I forged a (laughs) call to action meeting from the principal to all the teachers. So they were like, okay, so each teacher showed up to the meeting after school thinking that the principal started. And I told the principal that all the teachers wanted to meet. So everybody's kind of looking at each other, waiting for somebody to start meeting. I was like, hey, I'm glad everybody's here. I want y'all to know I forged everybody's signatures just to get y'all in the same room. Can we talk? Obviously, I got suspended for doing that. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) But we got the message across. Um... And that's all I cared about. You really get things done. I mean, nobody can say that you don't get things done. That's awesome. I I love it. Do you want exclusive insights from your favorite athletes, sport industry leaders, and innovators delivered straight to your inbox? Subscribe today to the Ruling Sports Newsletter. The Ruling Sports Newsletter cuts the mystery out of success by bringing you leadership tools, entrepreneurial strategies, business insights, and wellness tips straight from some of the world's most positively impactful people. So go to rulingsports.com today and subscribe for free. One thing I've I've come to appreciate the older I get when I hear from my friends, this statement, and that's that I've never changed. I can appreciate that. Like Mm -hmm. some people have changed like majorly. I've just grown Mm -hmm. and and learned how to take my idioms, take my curiosity and tame it a little. I didn't change something else that I've noticed. I've seen this to be true. People literally love me and hate me for the exact same reasons. And that means to me, I'm consistent. You love me because I motivate you. I push you. I make you look at things through another pair of lens and you hate me because I will motivate you. I will push you and I'll make you look through life through another pair of lens. Either way, you know what you get. That is so good. I've never heard somebody say that before, but it really resonates with me because in life, especially when you put yourself out there, there, there's people who are going to love what you're putting yourself out there for. And at the same time, there's going to be people who cannot stand it and hate it. And you can't make everybody happy. And if you live your life trying to make everybody happy, you are not giving to this life and this experience, the creativity and the calling you were put on this planet to serve. That's awesome advice. I love that. What are you doing now? What's next? Tons. So I moved out to LA to get into the CV Act and host a commentator, finding my space in the entertainment sector, starting a podcast with Sports Illustrated. I'm excited about that to talk and discuss business 
business and sports with a variety of people, either their relationship to the sport, playing the sport, or either the business around it, and just people that are driven philanthropically or entrepreneur. I'm also uh, doing DIY shows. DIY, like home improvement, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. HGTV style. Are, are you flipping uh, houses or wh- what are you doing? Renovating a house, gutted it out completely to an empty box, cabinets, kitchen, bathrooms. It's nothing in there, but it's just a box and redoing the floor all, all, all on my own. Putting okay, so you're doing the work. And, yes. The labor of it. Yeah. I might have yeah, mentioned before I'm an audited deck. I'm truly, I love learning. I like being the novice in the room. There's something intrinsic for me to not know how to do something and surround myself with people that do, because I'm going to pick it up fairly quick. How, how did you learn how to renovate homes? Where did you turn? I figured any and everybody that owns a some type of liquidation store or has done construction, I would pull up to different construction sites and just say, hey, listen, guys, uh, anybody here that can point me to the boss, I'm trying to do an internship, free labor. I just want to learn the pro. I just want to learn the craft. And so they find out who I am. They're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Sign this and give me a hammer. Give me a saw. Give me some nail. Give me everything. And, tea, and then I would learn. Rashad, thank you so much for coming on the show. There are so many gems of wisdom and knowledge. We all look forward to continuing to follow your exciting life and all of your ventures. And I cannot wait to see these properties that you're working on. That is so cool. I I love it. I I love that you're so multifaceted. Um, You are so much more than an athlete. You are a leader, best-selling author, a winner of one of the most popular shows in television history. Just a good person. So thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I commend you. Keep doing what you're doing um, and, and, and opening up this platform is awesome for people. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you gained wisdom that will help you rule your life. Let's stay connected on social media. We're at Ruling Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Sign up for our weekly newsletter at rulingsports.com and email me your thoughts about the show at alicia at rulingsports.com. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, rate, and review the show and join us next time.